Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources in how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Welcome back to Basecamp for Men. I hope you've enjoyed our first five episodes, and I want to thank a couple of men right off the bat. I'd like to thank Jim Miller and Chris Ebert in Seattle for listening. I'd also like to thank Roger Van Oosten, also in Seattle, for listening. Much appreciated. And I would also like to thank three men in New York, Mark Jackson, John Schreiner, and John Wilson. These are men who I've spent a ton of time in men's groups with, and their friendship and belief in me has inspired me to be here speaking with you. So thank you, my brothers. Today's episode is all about the art of slowing down. As men, we are measured by society's old narrative by how much we do and we become really good at doing things. We have not been taught the art of slowing down. The old narrative says if we slow down, we might fall behind. But is this really true? As men with inner power, do we really not have time for ourselves? It's an interesting assumption, isn't it? Almost every man I know, myself included, could benefit from more slow time or soul time. I have three favorite ways of slowing down, and I'm going to share them with you. The first is meditation, which I absolutely love. I sometimes will sit for 20 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes for just two or three minutes. Even taking a few moments throughout the day has an energizing impact on me. It's not as hard as you might think, and the impact you feel is surprisingly powerful. I invite you to give it a shot. The second way I like to slow down is through somatic movement, which is a deep, slow, inquisitive way of being in your body. This approach is lesser known, but just as effective. And our guest today is a somatic movement teacher, so we're going to unpack this approach a little bit for you, and I'll share with you how to find out more. And the third method I use for slowing down is to simply lay down and listen to music. And my approach to this is to try and merge with the music. So I want to feel the music with my whole being, not just with my head. All of these approaches has a deeply restorative effect on my mind, body, and spirit. I know this to be true. I know some men who use fishing and nature hikes as a way to enter this space. The point is for you to find yours. Sometimes men will decompress by fiddling with their phones or watching TV. As a men's coach, I would counsel you to take a look at some other, more mindful approaches. Doing so will bring energy and self-care up several notches. Try it for yourself, and as usual, I will leave resources for you at the end of the show. My guest today embodies this balanced approach. He is an attorney in L.A. and yet also manages to bring somatic movement to people. David Carrico has been practicing Continuum for more than 20 years. He's been a longtime pupil of Master Continuum teacher Beth Pettengill Riley, who's also a good friend of mine. David has been a facilitator and small group leader within the Breakthrough Men's community near the Bay for many years, helping men to examine issues of childhood trauma, gender conditioning, and social oppression. David is a lawyer, handling appeals in civil and criminal cases for 35 years. He is a father of two successful adult women and a recent grandfather. Here is my interview with David Carrico. So, you know, we're talking all about in the flow, being in your body, slowing down for men, which is so difficult. It's, it's amazing to me. If I go to a yoga class, I'll be the only man. There'll be like 17 women and me. And also somatic movement is not known at all amongst men. How did you arrive at it? Because you've taught continuum. You're an attorney. How did you find the path into this kind of soulful exploration of the body? It doesn't seem like a natural way that somebody that went to law school and stuff would go. I mean, the start was realizing that I was 
disconnected not only from my body but from my emotions i had not been able to cry and the disconnection from my emotions kept me from healing kept me from owning my own value as a man and uh this is a long segue but i started listening uh, i i would get up in the middle of the night i would turn on the three tenors and i'd lie there on the in the hallway with the headphones on while everyone else was asleep and i listened to these men you know come up with the sounds from deep within them that sounded like angels and i you know i would realize look if men can make this sound if they can sing like that they've got to be good and it was it was that kind of realization that kind of kick-started me to to start trying to sing in front of men even though it terrified me and and start trying to you know get in my body even though it terror i mean i i didn't dance in high school i didn't go to any of the dances i was too self-conscious oh yeah I was I was an athlete who was you know considered a graceful athlete. I mean, I played like second base. Yeah, but I didn't want to dance. I didn't want you guys. I know. Dance. You know, here we are. We're floating. St- you know, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, but yeah, just yeah. try and move. You know, and part of it was, you know, I had people laugh at me and stuff like that when I was mm-hmm. moving. But um, being out there in the open, being self-expressive, even doing this interview brings up a little fear for me because it's. It's exposing, it's vulnerable and moving my body, you know, especially in front of other men, you know, where you could be judged on so many different levels, you know. I had the same kind of thing when I when I first stepped into a continuum class with Mary Abrams in New York City. And I remember going in and watching her demonstrate the first time and just being astounded by how her body was moving. Like it was so... (laughs) skillfully surrendering to something bigger than herself. Like it was so like, oh my God. And I had done, you know, at that point I was, like I said, I was an athlete, but then I had done Aikido for a long time, which has this kind of flow to it, but it's more kind of almost like a doing flow. There's a surrender, but not like continuum. And when I saw Mary demonstrating and I was like, I was taken with it. Like I, I want to explore that. And Having done a number of classes and and studied with her, I don't think I've ever had given myself permission to go at my own pace, like Continuum encourages you and supports you to do. And I just remember nobody was watching me. She was just demonstrating and said, go, go try that out, go explore and give me ample time to like explore these different movements with nobody watching me. Everybody's Mm -hmm. doing their own thing, got their eyes closed or whatever. And then I remember the first few times that I got really tired and I just remember going, I don't have to, I can just roll over my back and rest. And just, it felt so just coming home to listening to myself. And even though I thought I was intuitive, I realized there was a level of intuitive listening to my body and feeling my body that was starting to unfold. And I think that's the really big gift of somatic movement and continuum in particular is this kind of, I think if men knew what they would get out of it, they would be clamoring to do it. But how do you, how do we language things so that things like somatic movement become super inviting? Because I think men are typically, what am I going to get out of slowing down? Like, what would you say to men that are like, I guess the choice for me is, do you want to live a life of solitude and desperation? 
<laughs> for the next sexual interaction so you can feel something, you yeah. know, yeah. Like, feel something. Do you want those little interludes, you know, which keep you addicted to the next fix? Or do you want to have a relationship with your own sensation, the elements of the world, the wind against your skin that causes movements in your body where, you, where you're sort of in a never-ending relationship with the ecstasy of movement in the world? and you've slowed down enough so that you can feel it. I mean, that's the choice, right? What sounds better? And it's hard. It's not easy because everything, especially where I live in LA, is like, you know, you want to get from point A to point B. What happens in between doesn't matter. Right. No, it's you the know. same here. I mean, we got, we're a yeah. tech city up in Seattle and it's, it's, there's yeah. not time to slow down and that's not being encouraged anywhere, really. It's, it's yeah. everybody's going fast. And I've, I've often compared somatic movement to like the contemplative practices of the East because it's, it's experiential. It's really a, it's difficult to say what it is, but it's, you know it when you're in it, you know, when you're, when you're exploring it, when you're in the moment with it, all the gifts sort of unfold and show themselves to you, you know, rather than, as a description, you know, what am I going to get out of doing continuum? It's like, it could be all kinds of things, but you're going to uncover something about yourself that you hadn't been able to quite express or embody. That's one of the things with men that I see is this coming home to the body. The body has so much insight and resonance with the planet. And so many of the problems that we found ourselves in right now are because of the head. And how do men as a collective start to work our way back to home base? Yeah, well, we're cutting ourselves off from the full, fullness of the intelligence, too. It's not just, mm-hmm. I mean, the idea is the top-down nervous system that the brain controls everything. And they're actually finding through studies that the heart actually has more neuronal connections with the, the brain and sends more information to the brain than vice versa. Right. Um, that the heart actually... In some cultures, Native American cultures believe that the heart is the center of wisdom um, mm-hmm. and also the gut, the enteric nervous system, you know, yeah. the gut feeling that we talk about. I mean, these are all things that as men we're not taught to have access to, but also it's considered new age foo-foo, you know, that if, if you're guided by intuition or emotions, you're you're going to be trampled, you know. Yeah, you're coming from the feminine or something. Yeah, but but as we've seen, what is the result of just coming from the head, you know, a mechanistic or just left brain thinking? It's not to to say that that's not important. You need both. But um, we've got degradation of the environment. We've got destruction of the earth. We've got ourselves imperiled by our very capability of creating this incredibly amazing technology. I remember seeing a couple of men in New York that were co-leading and attending courses with Mary. One was Robert Littman and the other was Gary David. And both men, because they've done so much of this somatic movement, I mean, Gary, I was just like, I found out how old he was. And I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. You know, like he's like 75 years old or something. I'm just like, I go, what are you doing? to look like you do and to have the presence you do. He goes, movement and coconut oil. <laughs> I go, are you putting it on your skin? Are you eating it? He goes, both. 
I go, okay, <laughs> movement in coconut oil it is because whatever yeah. you're doing, dude, you look great. I mean, we all want to age well. What, what's the key to like having graceful aging? So I feel, I want to feel good when I'm 60, 70, 80, even if I go that far. And the guys, the men that I've seen, a lot of them have done a fair share of movement. You know, there's a quote by the Israeli Samuel Avital. He says, youth is not an age, it's fluidity of movement. That right there, it's just like if men could get over the barrier of men don't move, I'm going to look foolish. I think the great gift of somatic movement is you're not being judged. You can come in not having any movement experience and just take a look for yourself to see what's there. I think men in the society at large, I think they put somatic movement with dance. And so everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to have to be learning a routine and right. I'm not really graceful and all these things. And I think if, if I could have any takeaway out of this for men, it's that there's great gifts in exploring movement. There's teachers likely in your cities that you live in. There's resources there once you start doing it, like you're not going to be, nobody's really watching you. It's just you with your own curiosity exploring these things and, you know, things like breath movement and it's super powerful. For me, I would love to see men clamoring to continuum classes, to body mind centering classes, to Feldenkrais classes, to yoga classes. I would love to step into a, a vinyasa yoga class and see half the class be men. I would be like, heck yeah. Yeah, well, the, th the difference between um, continuum is really not a thing. I mean, yeah. in fact, it's movement is not a thing. I mean, we are, even at rest, everything in us is moving. You know, yeah. the cells are, are constantly changing. The, the structure is constantly changing. It's constantly interacting with yeah. the environment and changing based on that. It's an organic structure, but it's only temporary. Everything in you is only... Yeah. It's moving. It's temporary. And you're saying men are moving. They just don't realize they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything in you right now is moving. moving. You know, yeah. what does it take? Seven days for all the skin cells to replace themselves, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, Not to mention how all... fast the planet's moving and, and rotating and moving. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> That's all... a good point, David. I'm glad you brought that it's... up. I just got one more question. How did, how did you arrive at men's work? Like what, what kind of got you into men's work with the, what's it called? Breakthrough for men. Breakthrough yeah. for men. What brought you into there and sort of what was the, what did you get out of it? What was the, the takeaways out of there? How did you find your way into the conversations around men and what did that look like for you? Well, long story short, I guess when Bradshaw found his way to PBS and was doing family dynamics and shame and the family thing. And I listened to him for a half hour and I said, that's my family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you and about 10 million other listeners. Yeah. Right? Like, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, and it was actually my ex-wife who, who said, you know, you should listen to this. <laughs> and I, I said, okay, all right, well, this explains a lot. So then I, uh, you know, I started doing a little therapy and somebody said, well, you know, you should go see this Fred Jealous guy. He's got groups for men, but you won't get in because he's busy. So I just literally almost left right then and there and hightailed it over there. And, you know, it's a group of guys, you know, all struggling with trying to be male in this world, meeting in this guy's little office space outside in his backyard and he had experience in other, he had experience in Turkey where the Muslim men walk hand in hand 
to prayer, you know, and, and cultures where men aren't isolated from the time they're five years old and told, you know, it's not manly to, to be close to your buddy, you yeah. know. It took uh, somebody with um, a desire to um, bring men into his life, and, and it wasn't going to happen uh, unless he did something about it. He started yeah. getting guys together and started talking about about this stuff. And for me, it was like, um, yeah, finally, I found a place where I could be myself. I could admit that I didn't know if I was even liked by other men, you know, I, and I could say, do you like, you know, it's like, felt like risking everything asking, do you like me? You know, it's like, yeah. because if the answer came back, no, you know, I'd be like, but it wasn't, you know, it was like, of course, if you're, vulnerable and you're yourself then that's what's likable and so that was the start for me we were talking earlier about how it seems to me men's groups are and men's work it's a great training ground for your relationships that men will often have an easier time putting their emotional guards down with other men that they trust in some ways more than their wives or their parents or these people that we're really emotionally attached with or entwined with. I know for me, I see men coming into my men's groups and there's just this relief of being able to sort of, I don't have to be X. I don't have to be this strong, confident guy in this group. These men are sharing what their fears are, sharing what their concerns and their challenges are that they're facing in their relationships, across the board, with work, whatever's really stressing them out. I can actually share that with you and find that we're all working on a lot of the same issues from yeah. different angles. And that one thing I'm seeing is that men are able to then take that better emotional awareness and go start to look at it different, look at their marriages different or their relationship with their children a little different because they've got new perspectives now and new tools to sort of say, okay, wait a minute. I saw what I was bringing into this, what kind of baggage I've kind of unpacked that some of that in the men's group. So now I can, I can breathe in here and kind of have some different perspective. So I'm just not running around the wheel of, you know, triggering me, getting defensive, blaming, you know, all, all the things that are in your marriage or, you know, in my marriage, every marriage experiences this kind of upset trigger, trying to get your needs met, trying to help the other person get their needs met. And one thing I've seen in men's groups is just gives men new tools and a way to sort of be vulnerable and try that out in a safe space so that they can start to take that into their other relationships. Yeah. And, and it takes pressure off the relationship, I think, because the relationship doesn't have to be the end all and be all of, of your possibilities for emotional expression, that this is the only safe place. And if this woman isn't available to me for all, all times for me to be able to do this, she's a bitch, you know, or Exactly. Well, you know, it's basically that's what it comes down to, you know, and, and it's like a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. Yeah. But you were, you were saying about um, comfort zone. It's funny when I was younger, I think my idea of how my life was going to go, like find a career, make good money, have my marriage be good, have all these fun things happen and have everything be kind of nice and easy and comfortable. Like I had this idea of like, oh, the good life was a comfortable life. Yeah. And here I am now as a 52-year-old man. And, you know, when, when I do my men's groups now, we always check in with where are you at? You know, how much fear, shame, anger, uh, joy, you know, we, we give it a rating of where you're at. And 
my check-ins around fear are always been really high lately because I'm really out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways. Like I feel like I'm dealing with eights and nines on a scale of one to 10. And in the last five years, I've realized that's not really what I was predestined for. Like I really want to be out of my comfort zone. That's what is going to have me live my most courageous life. And then it's, that's in my teachings and stuff like that. But I just realized like, I really wanted a comfortable, easy, you yeah. know. Yeah, no, I thought I thought a, a wife, two kids, a dog, and a white yeah. picket fence, man. And I'm I've made it. And totally. I got two kids, a an yeah. ex-wife, and I had a dog. Yeah, and yeah, you, went, you you put it all together. I right? put it together, but yeah, somehow that just wasn't that wasn't really what my soul was yearning for. You mentioned the anxiety. I've had a lot lately too, and I've actually talked to a lot of people who are the people who are most open and connected and intimate with themselves and their surroundings are experiencing a lot of anxiety now. And part of that is, is because of the situation we're in. Yes. Um, you know, so, um, it's common. Um, and if you're a, a man out there and you're, you know, you're considered, you know, sensitive or you're open or what, and you're feeling anxiety, you're not alone. You know, it's, it's happening with all of us. And, in this time and that makes it even more important to collectively come together and support each other rather than sort of run away in fear and deny what's happening that's why i like your idea tony about the the king and looking at that as the positive king is what we can do together to like create and sustain life and all its diversity and absolutely I think right now like just to piggyback what you just said about you know we live in really uncertain times it doesn't matter which side of the philosophical spectrum you're on. Everybody's edgy about the mm-hmm. level of just the tone of the discourse. Like there's not a, there's not this like, you don't hear how are we going to get there. There's just all this attack and defense and, and it's, it's just, it's all this distraction. It's noisy. It's causing people to not listen to their hearts. You know, everybody's like, mm-hmm. well, let me one up or uh, let me, I got one more thing to say about that. And, I love women. I just, I'm called to do men's work. So for me, there's no more better time for men to be in conversations with one another than right now. I think the men need to collectively sort of arrive at our heart space and figure out like, where's the powerful place for us to stand? I think we touched on a lot of this stuff in this conversation about where, where that begins or how that unfolds or what that process might look like. And a lot of it's we don't know what the next 50 years holds, but it's certainly going to be a good thing for men to be in authentic conversations in their hearts, in their bodies, and be able to communicate that way and communicate these deeper truths. And, and um, that's going to be something that's likely going to be quite important. But anyway, um, I, I want to thank you so much, David. I've so enjoyed our conversation, not just this one, but all of them. Um, you're, to me, that you're a man with a lot of wisdom. I love how authentic you are, and um, I, I'm really looking forward to teaching with you. That's going to be a super fun experience for us. And I just see us, you know, we have a possibility to collaborate on some stuff that's really, really juicy for men. And I'm looking forward to doing that. So thanks for being on. Yeah, you're welcome, Tony. Thanks for creating the space and the energy of love you have for men and for the world and, and for doing this. So really, yeah. thank you. I really enjoyed my conversation with David Carrico, and I hope you found it valuable as well. I appreciate the insights and thoughtfulness that David brings to important issues for men, and he really embodies the wisdom that comes from finding time to slow down. 
So, the end of show resources for you men are as follows. Meditation. You can find a million and one YouTube videos on meditation. You can sit in silence. You can use mantra sound. You can do uh, guided meditations. There really is a treasure there waiting for you to discover. So go ahead and have a look. If the conversation about somatic movement interests you, go to www.ismeta.org to find a class or teacher near you. I highly recommend it. And speaking of slowing down, I would like to include Falun Dafa, which is a form of Qigong in here. Go to www.falandafa.org to find instructional videos on this energy cultivation technique. Go ahead and give yourself permission to look at these techniques and trust yourself to try them out and keep the ones that work best for you. That's our show for today. Men, remember that the story of your life is not yet all told. I'm Tony Rezac, and thank you for listening to Basecamp for Men. <laughs>